No lights on in the house. Your mom must be shopping. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're home. Oh, I can feel it, Lou. This is the year when everybody asks who has the most spectacular lights in all of Greater Whoville. They're gonna cry out, Mrs. Betty Lou Who. Isn't this the chandelier from the dining room? It's all for the cause, dear. Oh, and Cindy, would you be Mommy's little helper and unscrew the bulb there from the refrigerator? Because somehow I missed that one. <laughs> Every year, Martha May Houvier has the best lights. Well, not this year. This year, I'm going to beat that prim, perfect little prissy Betty. Hi! Martha! My, I've never seen so many beautiful Christmas lights, Betty Lou. Well, I'd blow every fuse if I tried to keep up with you, Martha May. Isn't this antique, darling? It's handcrafted and almost a hundred years old. I really can't. This, however, is new. Looks like not all is well in Hoosville. Um, I don't I don't know how you experience the Christmas season, um, but um, I wonder if I say the word joy if that's the way that you experience it. Last week, uh, Tony opened up the series and all I want for Christmas. I tell you, all I want for Christmas, I'd like to have that that uh, light gun right there. That was way cool. I could have a lot of fun with that thing. Anyway, but but he talked about all I want for Christmas, and we talked about joy. And Tony did a great job on that, kind of built a foundation. And I'm going to to try to build on that foundation today uh, as we kind of talk about uh, the season. And when you think about it, you think Christmas is kind of a season of of excesses in a lot of ways, at least culturally, the way we experience it. You think, you know, we we overeat, sometimes we overdrink, we do too many parties, we have these huge lists, we're juggling all kinds of financial stuff. And it just tends to be something that instead of bringing us joy, many times it, it kind of stresses us out. Uh, I, I, just some people like would, would just wish that they could just get through that, that particular part of the season. And so here's what I want to talk to you about. How can we simplify it? How can, how can we make Christmas be the joyful experience that God wants us to experience it as? And I, I think simplicity has a lot, a lot to do with it. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go right to the story uh, and as recorded by Dr. Luke, and you're going to find this in chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. Um, so let's read it. By the way, one of the things that I like about the fact that Dr. Luke wrote the story is he records a birth, and I, I imagine he probably uh, delivered a few babies in his time. So he just kind of has that insight into whole, the whole experience. Um, verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Have you ever noticed, if you've read the Bible very much, that every time that there's an appearance of God in some way, shape, or form, whether it's angels or something else, 
that the word terror always comes into it. Like, ah! I mean, I, I can only imagine what that would be like. These guys are out just doing what they do, and all of a sudden, a bunch of angels, I mean, a lot of angels appear, and they were terrified. And this is the next thing that always happens. But the angel of the Lord said to them, this is recorded over and over again in the Bible, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. I was thinking about the, what that really means, a Savior is born, the implications of that. And you know, it just seems like everybody is looking for a Savior of some kind. It may not be Jesus they're looking for, at least what they think that they're looking for, but, but everybody's looking for something to fix their life. Everybody, in some way, shape, or form, is looking for a Savior. God, save me from, you know, the financial hole that I am in. God, save me from what's going on in this one relationship or, or my marriage. God, save me from what's happening in my family right now. God, save me from this, this career that's gone all wrong. God, save me from this addiction that I am in. God, save me from, and everybody is looking for a Savior. And in this instance, it says, He is the Savior. He's come to save people. Bring good news. And then he says, He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you'll find the baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. So, let's talk about simplicity. I think really simplicity is found in, in just recognizing the value of the everyday simple things of life. I, how many of you like Christmas movies? Okay, we got some Christmas. Now, what is it about Christmas movies that just that, like gives us that feeling of like, oh, well, it feels good. Now, my wife, she likes to watch those ridiculous Hallmark movies. I, 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 I hate those movies, but she, you know, she makes me sit down and watch them, and because I love her, I sit down and I watch them. Whether actually not that that bad, but but um, but really, you could figure out the plot in about a minute and a half. And, and, you know, they use the same actors and actresses again, and even the soundtrack seemed the same to me. I'm, I know I'm, I'm kind of complaining here, but anyway, even despite all of that, I watch the Hallmark movies, and every once in a while I shed a tear, you know, I'm like, how did that happen to me, you know? And, and, and the thing is, it's like, it just it brings us back, I think for me, maybe you experience it this way, it's just kind of, it sort of reaches back into simpler times. Maybe simpler times when you think about as you were growing up, even when you were a kid, and you think, oh, that feels good, and and if you want to really laugh some more, then you watch Home Alone and, and some of the other Christmas movies that are out there. Almost every year they come out. God announces his son's birth too. Now, this is, this is part of the simplicity of God's plan. It's profound, but, it, but it's simple in a certain way because he comes to ordinary people. It says, and, and there were shepherds living out in the field. Now, I don't, I don't know what you've ever, if you've ever met a shepherd, what you've ever thought about what shepherds look like. That, you know, it's kind of, we're sort of removed from that in our, in our culture today. But maybe for you, um, you, you would think of it as a shepherd like, you know, kind of like Linus, right? You think about Linus being out there with all these little cuddly sheep and everything, and, oh, it's so beautiful. But actually, that's, that's, this is a shepherd, right? This is an actual shepherd. It looks really cool, doesn't it? Doesn't it? No. This guy is out, and in, in, he's out in a field, out in this barren place, and that's what they would do. And so here, here was the life of a shepherd. The life of a shepherd was, for many times, as was experienced in this story, these guys are living out in a field. They're during the, the harshness of, of the weather, whatever kind of weather, whether it's raining or cold, and maybe in some instances even snowing, they're out there. 
They have wild animals they're trying to fend off against these sheep that they're protecting. And by the way, if you know anything about sheep, they're not the easy, I mean, they're not exactly the Einstein of the animal kingdom. You know, they're pretty stubborn. And so they're trying to take care of these, these, yeah, not so cuddly sheep. They're out there taking care of them. Uh, And and then there's thieves that are coming around. And so they're having to deal with all of that. And they've got it, not got, that's what they're hired to do, take care of these sheep. And then that's just part of the story. Here's some more of the story. Everybody in their culture at that time looked down on shepherds. They were at the bottom of the food chain, literally. When shepherds were not allowed to testify in court, because who would ever believe a shepherd? Shepherds were not allowed to go to church. Can you believe that? Because they were considered dirty and unacceptable to go to. So what does God do? God pulls out all the stops, and he says, you know what I'm going to do? When I enter my, introduce my son, my grand plan, into this world, I'm not going to go to the kingdoms of the world, and I'm not going to go to the power brokers of the world and to you know, the, the, the famous people and the high people and the rich people. I'm going to go to the ordinary people to introduce my son. Now, what, I, what even makes this, I think, more profound, consider this. God had not spoken for some 400 years. If you go to the Old Testament, beginning with Genesis all the way to the end of, of Malachi, that's, that's that whole period of the Old Testament period. So God, you know, he's speaking through prophets, and he's showing up, you know, on Mount Sinai and through Moses and all the way through, he's speaking through the prophets. And then God literally goes silent for 400 years. And then suddenly, he lights the sky up with angels. And who does he appear to? Ordinary shepherds. People that I I would imagine, they probably felt pretty invisible in their society. Like, who would ever notice us? Who even cares about us? We can't even go to church. We're looked down on. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. I think that makes a real statement about the kind of God that he is, that he comes to ordinary people. In fact, Jesus himself enters the world in the lowliest of places. It says, you'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Now, when you and I see all the nativity scenes, we kind of go, oh, that's so cute. You know, they all look so perfect and everything, right? If you're, the original nativity scene was nothing like that. It was, it was, it was a, a cave, and a manger is nothing more than a trough for an animal to eat out of. And there's poop all over the place. It smells all over the place. And, you know, we've just, like, taken it and made it all beautiful and everything. And now, now, why am I saying that? I'm, I'm telling you because I love the fact that God's entry into the world, he didn't play the God card. He didn't go, well, you know, I am God after all. So we've got to enter in and make a, quite a scene at a, you know, some place that everybody's going to be familiar with. Let's go to the center of Jerusalem, you know, to the epicenter of the Middle East at that particular time. No. He goes to this, like, little town in Bethlehem, which was kind of an unknown town. And then when you think about it, later on when Jesus is growing up, where is he? He's called Jesus of what? Nazareth. You know anything about Nazareth? It was like the armpit of the Middle East. In fact, one of his disciples says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? All right. What does that tell us about Jesus? He goes, you know what? I'm going to level the playing field. I don't want anybody to ever say to me, well, you were God. You know, you, uh, you, 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 know, you grew up in palaces. You grew up around riches. And Jesus would have none of that. He says, because he wanted to relate to ordinary people, just like you and I. And I love the fact that God decided to do it that way. Here's a, a, a scripture, it's a verse, it's said by a guy named Eugene Peterson from the Message Bible, and I love the way that he says that because he kind of speaks of just ordinary, simple things of life, ordinary, everyday life. 
And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says it this way. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. How many of you are living an ordinary life? It's, it's pretty much, you know, you get up, you put your pants on, right? You go to work or you go to school or you just do your life. And, 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 he, and, he, and he says, you're sleeping, eating, going to work. He just calls it out, walking around life. And you place it before God as an offering. Just the simplicity of life. Sometimes it just gets overlooked, especially around Christmas time. You just, it's like we want to go bigger, grander. And sometimes we just lose really the fun of Christmas or the, of the, the joy of Christmas. Well, let's jump back into the story beginning with verse 13 through 15. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Um, I, I, don't, I, I try to visualize what this looks like, and it's really hard for me to do it. I, you know, I, I'm thinking of like, like, this is a concert in heaven. There's a host of angels that are like putting on the greatest concert ever, ever experienced. And I've been to some pretty cool concerts. Maybe some of you guys have I've heard Coldplay does a really great concert, light show and everything, and everybody walks out pretty wild, right? Like, this is so much bigger than that. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. <laughs> these shepherds are, bes- I mean, these guys are pumped. They have just seen something that they, they still can't even wrap their minds or probably even their, their hearts around. When we think of simple, it's actually about less, not more. You've heard the expression, less is more, right? But why is it around Christmas time, we actually kind of do the opposite way? We just, we just keep adding more, you know, more parties or more on our list or more gifts to give or, or, or more whatever it is instead of more. And in that, we kind of lose really the, the joy that God has for us in our life. Less of our plans allow for more of God's plan. And it seems like God always gets the short end of the stick, right? So, we're, yeah, we're going to celebrate Christmas, and so we crowd all this stuff into our life, and then we experience it, and it's all gone, and we go, huh, where did I come up? I came up short somewhere. Oh, yeah, it was actually about God. How did I, how did I not get that as a part of the whole Christmas experience? Less actually is more. And that when I give God his glory, I get peace. So he says in verse 2, 4, Luke chapter 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those, now catch this last part, on whom his favor rests. Who, who does his favor rest on? Um, I think probably a lot of us say, well, you know, spiritual people. Maybe a pastor, a minister. Who is, no, actually his, his favor rests on people that just seek God and his glory. Those are the people that get peace. And if you've come in here and you're looking for peace this morning, it's not, it's not some profound formula. It's just like, seek God. And you'll begin to find peace in your life. Give, give him the glory. And this is true confession here. So back in about my mid-30s, my, my, both my two youngest kids, we hadn't had Caleb yet. And so I've got two kids. They're both pretty young. And I got to tell you, I was not enjoying my Christmas seasons. I had just gotten to a point in my life where Christmas was no longer fun, and really, quite frankly, I had a really bad attitude about Christmas. And, and so it was like, you know what? As the season would come in, I'm like, oh, man, this means that I have to do all this stuff, and I have to run all these errands, I have to endure traffic. And, you know, just like in my mind, it was like, it's just, you know what it was? It was a hassle. Christmas 
had become, in my mind, a hassle. And I remember getting in the car one day with the two kids in the back seat and my wife, and, and uh, we're driving about 500 miles north to go see my parents, and I'm just like, bad attitude. Just, just driving, just going, can't wait until this is all over with. And while I'm driving, I kind of head-checked myself and my heart, too, and, and I, I thought, Steve, this is, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is, you should not be experiencing Christmas this way, this season. And, and so I began to pray, and, and it was more like a, just a prayer in my head. I don't know if you ever have conversations in your head with God, and so I'm, I'm kind of processing this whole thing, and I'm like, Lord, what's wrong? Why, why am I not enjoying this season? And the Lord spoke to me every once in a while. It's like, he's just very direct, and he says, because you're making it about you and not about me. And, and maybe you've come here this morning, and you're saying, you can relate to what I just said, and you're like, yeah, I, I do. I tend to make it about me. And it really, it's about God, and, and, it, and it's about glorifying him. And then if you'll do that, everything else will just kind of fall into place. I realized when I was making it about me, it was like, well, I need to be happy, and I need to, you know, have some fun, and, and I need to be all these different things, and I shouldn't be hassled like I'm being hassled and all this. And, and, and the moment that I just changed my attitude, and I said, no. No, it's, it, it's really about God, and it's about other people. Everything changed. It was just a game changer for me. From that, forward, from that moment on, so today, I've enjoyed every Christmas. Because Christmas is no longer about Steve Bombacci. Christmas is about God and all the people that I can serve. And maybe you've come here today, and you're thinking, wow, I, I never thought about it that way. And maybe that could really, really change it for you. And, and it would really simplify you, too. You know, it's just like, okay, it's not about me. It's about God. It's about other people. So this morning, where do you need God's feet? Maybe you walked in here and you're saying, well, I can hit that one right away. Finances, you know, we're struggling. We're juggling credit cards. It's, it's, it's difficult. Or maybe it's in your health and you're going, I just need to, to bring it up right now because, you know, I've got a lot of events going on. And uh, you're, maybe it's in a relationship and you're going, man, I got this one relationship. Maybe it's in your marriage or something. And, and you're going, I'm, I'm just... Oh, this, is, this is difficult for me. And it's something about this season that kind of amplifies all that, those things. But the Bible says that he is the prince of peace and that he wants to give you peace. And I think especially in this season, God wants his people to enjoy and experience this, this season in peace. Rick Warren is one of my favorite pastors. I've had the chance to meet Rick a few times. He's an amazing guy. Of course, you know, he's got his books and everything. But he made this statement. He said, in, in, in happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, maybe you came in here today and you're experiencing a difficult time, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. You know, one of my favorite places to worship God in the Christmas season is right by the Christmas tree. Sometimes after everybody's gone to bed, I'll just stay there and meditate and, and just worship the Lord a little bit. Really, really cool place. In painful moments, trust God. And in every moment, the Bible says, always be thankful, thank God. Just the simplicity of the season, just, just enjoying it in that way. And then finally, choose presence over presence. You know what I'm talking about? Don't make it about all the stuff out there. Uh, my, my family and I, we have this one tradition that we established um, probably a long, long, I can't, like over 20 years ago, probably. And that is that every... every uh, Christmas, we, we go and we get the Christmas tree together. And so last Sunday, right after the service was over, 
you know, my, my daughter and, and uh, my son-in-law live in New Mexico. So what family we have left right here. So my, my son, Caleb, who I see back there, he joined us. And, and uh, Miguel, who lives with us, was, joined us. And then uh, my other son, Steve. And we all, we all got together. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but last Sunday it was really cold, so we endured the harsh weather, you know. It, we were all bundled up and everything, and, and we made our way through the snow over, over to Home Depot. And you, Karen, you were there, man. We were trudging through the snow, and we chopped that tree down together, man. It was an amazing experience. You know, every year we have so much fun, really, when we go out and we get the Christmas tree. And it's just one of those things. But it's really, it's, it's about presence. It's, it's just about being with each other. And I just want to encourage you that that's, that's part of that simplicity thing. That's part of the Hallmark movies, you know? It's part of like, yeah, relationships. That's what it's all about, being together in, in this particular season. Let's, let's read the rest of the story. Verse uh, 16 through, we're just going to read through 18. So they hurried off. Who hurried off? The shepherds. They, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been, what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I guess so. Those guys had a story to tell. And even though maybe they were not highly looked upon, it must have put in such a compelling story that people were like, as it says... They, they were amazed at this particular story. Um, in this season, the question is, if we're going to experience joy, how do, how do we worship Jesus? Like, you know, in, in a very practical way. So we, we keep using the word simplify and, and, and experiencing joy. It says, these guys, they hurried up and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And what they were doing is they were seeking, they were looking, and probably some of you have heard the expression that you usually find what you're looking for and you don't find what you're not looking for. So I, I talk to people all the time, and they go, yeah, this whole God thing, I don't know. And, but I, are you really looking? Because they were really, really looking at this point. they like, okay, the baby's out there, the Savior, the Messiah. Recently, I started looking for a certain kind of car. I'm hoping in 2019 uh, to upgrade in, in uh, a vehicle. And so I started checking out the, uh, the Hyundai Santa Fe. I, my, uh, my son-in-law drives one. I've driven it a few times, and I really like it. And, you know, I have never, ever noticed those on the road before. Uh, you know, they just, I probably passed 100 of them. But guess what I see on the road all the time now? The Honda Santa Fe. There goes one over there. Everywhere I go, oh, there's another one, a Honda Santa Fe. Why? Because I'm actually looking for it. And so I see it. And when it comes to experiencing God in our life, the question is, are you really looking for it? Because if you're looking for it, you're going to see God. You're going to see God in so many ways. He's going to manifest himself in, in so many different ways in, in, in your life. The question is, how can I find him and worship him this, this season? So I told you I was going to give you some practical things, and, and so here we go. All right? You want to take notes on this? Because I don't want anybody to walk out the door and go, Oh, that's kind of nice. I'm not really sure if it meant anything. No, I, I'm going to, okay, this is, this is it right here. here. Here's your homework. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a really short, uh, this is a not-to-do list. Okay, you ready? This is going to help simplify and, and help you a lot. All right, the first thing is do not look at your phone too much when you're with people. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about, and maybe you're the offender, or you've been with somebody, and you're like, you know, I'm talking to them. I'm like, I can't even make contact. They're looking at their phone. Okay, so be present with people. 
Lead with a smile. How many people are walking around, especially this time of the year, and I've seen it when I go to coffee shops and stuff, and they've just like, you can just tell they're bummed out. And, and if you just like make eye contact with them and say, hey, how, how you doing? Be present with people. And then um, uh, if you go to parties, and um, all of us are probably going to go to Christmas parties, have a good time, uh, but don't overdrink. All right, I, like two Christmases ago, I went to a Christmas party, and everybody was having a good time, but uh, this one person made the mistake of seriously over-drinking. And so, for one thing, it's kind of bumming everybody out at the party, because, you know, it just was that. And then the next thing, this person is running over to a bush, it was an outdoor venue, and puking all over the place. And I'm like, oh, man. And I felt so bad for this person, and I felt really, really bad for their spouse, and they were totally humiliated. So, hey, look it, let's all go out and have a good time, but I'm just saying, you can't be present when you're drunk. You're really not present, okay? So, enough said there. Um, Don't do the dishes when you invite somebody over until they've left. Okay, because, okay, I I hear some people are like, oh, yeah. Because I know how it is. It's like, you know, they're still at the table and you're in there. Now, if you're going to do the dishes, invite them to do the dishes with you, all right? This is just another way you can experience. Okay, what's, what's the big idea here? The big idea is that we're together and we're experiencing people because this is so much of what Christmas is about. And then um, don't worry about the house looking perfect or the food tasting perfect. Because you know what's going to happen? You're not going to invite those people you would, you would have invited, and you're not going to have the experience you would have had. You will have missed the laughter. You will have missed the stories. You will have missed what you're going to say after they leave and go, that was so much fun. I'm so glad we invited them over as opposed to, well, we just, the house was just not up to my standard. I guarantee you they're not going to bring a white glove, okay? You're going to be okay. And then um, here's a quick to-do list. Connect with people and be as present as you can. Now, I said that, but here's the deal. Let's just be honest. Most of us are going to go somewhere to visit some family member or some person that we are not particularly excited about the idea. There's always that Uncle Harry out there who is maybe kind of obnoxious and kind of weird and kind of awkward, and we're like, oh, I dread that. I don't want to be there. So here's a way that you can approach that because here's the way that God showed me how to approach that years ago. Long before I know that I'm going to be with that person that kind of drives me crazy, I start praying about it. I do. I start praying about it. And I, and, and I say, Lord, help me to, first of all, have a good attitude. And then when I get there, help me to be fully present for that person. Not trying to avoid them, not trying to avert my eyes, not trying to hide in a corner or escape in the bathroom. But no, I want to be fully present for that because I am going to be a gift to that person. And I've done that. And I've practiced that. And let me tell you, it's changed everything for me. I walk away and I feel good about the experience. Now, you know, it is what it is on their side of things, but I just want to know I've done my best to be there for that person. And, and it, maybe in this room, I have a feeling a few of you, if right now you could probably think of at least one person that maybe you're like a little, kind of, kind of dreading that experience a little bit. This could change everything for you. So, so think about that. Um, and then find a, if you go to Version, they have these, uh, these uh, special devotionals for Christmas, Advent devotions. Check that out. Just find a deeper way to connect with God. Maybe go to your Christmas tree and, uh, uh, you know, spend some time praying there. Just, these are just some practical things that, that I think will really, really help you in, in this particular season. In verse uh, 20, Luke chapter 2, 20, uh, it says, 
the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. When I was reading this verse the other day, it just kind of jumped out at me in a different way than it, and it ever has before. Because again, who were the shepherds? They were the invisible people. They were the people that nobody cared about. They were the people that, like, maybe even some of us in this room are people that you know who say things like, I feel like I've never seen. Nobody sees me. I feel like I'm never heard. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about what I have to say. But for the first time, these shepherds are, see something and experience something that is just so beyond any, what anybody else has experienced before. They, and what it comes down to is this. God has said, I've seen you guys, and I've heard. You have been seen, and you have been heard. And I want you to know that whatever the condition of your life is today, wherever you are in terms of your spiritual life, you have been seen, and you have been heard by God, whether you know it or not, or whether you believe it or not. And just for a moment, I just want to uh, put a, an invite out there. And, and you say, well, okay. You're saying God actually sees me? Yeah, he does. You ever seen, you guys ever looked at like that whole Google Earth thing before? And you go, I am just a speck on that planet. But not to God. God knows you. The Bible says even before you were born, he, he knew you. He knew all about you. And, and you have been seen and you have been heard. And this morning, you can connect with the reality of that. And the way that you can do that is if you haven't gone there yet, if you haven't had that experience with God yet, you can say, God, I open my heart to you. And, I, and this Christmas, can you imagine experiencing Christmas in a way you've never experienced it before where you're like, wow, it, it has meaning now because I actually know Jesus. I actually know the gift that came into the world to save me. And if, if that's you this morning, I'd like you to just put that invitation out there to respond to him. And then I'm, I'm just going to say a prayer right now. I'd like to just pray all, over all of us, but especially you. And maybe it's been a long time. You say, you know, there was a day and I felt like I was connecting and somewhere just kind of lost it somewhere. Or maybe you never have. And you say, I want to know. I want to know Jesus. If that's you here. Would you just raise your hand and then I'm just going to pray for you. Anybody? Yeah. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Father, Thank you that you just love ordinary people. Like we don't have to do anything to prove ourselves. We don't have to make ourselves any bigger or better or all that. Because you love us just where we're, we're at. You look down on this world and you see all of us struggling people. Help us to know that we have been seen and we have been heard. And Father, that's why you sent your son Jesus into this world to save us, to actually be a savior for us. And for, Lord, these that have uh, responded by raising their hand this morning, I pray that you especially be real to them. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them this morning. Let them know how much you care about them, that you care about the very details of their life, that you want them to experience you and the joy that you will bring into their life, the peace that you can bring into their life, and that you can be their Savior. God, help all of us to experience joy on a whole new level. May we simplify. May we realize in this crazy, busy Christmas season that less actually is more as we look to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A couple last things I want to leave you with.
First of all, the shepherds were ecstatic. They were beside themselves. They, they just ran to town, and they said, we, we have got to tell you something about what happened. And it, it reminds me of when my firstborn, Rachel, was born. I, I just couldn't help myself. My, my poor wife, and she just experienced the trauma of having a, our, a child for the very first time. And, and, and I couldn't, I, I grabbed Rachel as quick as I could, and I ran down the hall, and I started just going, have you guys seen my baby? And I'm walking down, people must have thought I was crazy. I was showing the nurses. I go, this is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. I still think she is. Sorry, Caleb, but she is. Just amazing, amazing baby. I just couldn't help myself. And, and, when, it, and when, it comes, when it comes to sharing, really, the good news, the gospel, the story of Jesus, that's really what it's about for us. We have that opportunity. That, and for a lot of us, I just, just invite your friends. We have a, a lot of services coming up and Christmas Eve services and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I've invited a couple of my neighbors. I go surfing with them. Uh, they turned me down last year. Guess what? I'm going to ask them again. Um, talked to a guy yesterday and invited him to come on out. He was, I was surfing, and we got into a great conversation. You know, it, it's just as simple as that. We don't we sort of overcomplicate these things, you know? And it's just as simple as saying, hey, I, come on out to church. Hear a great story. You know, I want to introduce you to something that God has done in, in my life, and it, it could change your life as well. So who, who would that person be? I think a couple of weeks ago, we, we had a piece of paper, and we were writing down some names. Just continue, like, pray about that. Who, who would that be in, in, in your life? And the, and the last thing I want to leave you with is, before you walk out that door, what are you going to do to actually simplify your life, to bring more joy, okay? So just for a moment, close your eyes just for a second, okay? So what would that be? Because I don't want you to leave without it. What is the one thing that you're going to do this Christmas season that will simplify in a beautiful way and bring more joy in, into your life? Okay? You got it? You thinking about it? All right. Then do it. Do that one thing, and it'll bless your life. It'll bring more, more joy to you. All right. Our team's going to come. There are you up here. I was going to say come up here. You guys are awesome. And we're going we're gonna to finish with a, with a couple of songs. And uh, I hope that you'll come back next week. And uh, I hope that you'll bring some friends as well. Okay? God bless.